The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Finally, all four of us are reunited on air. Hello, Lucy. Lucy's of them all. Finally, you're in the studio. Hello. So I'm going to give you three seconds to impart some wisdom, and then it's on with the show. Anything to say? Uh, so, Lucy, it's in my name. Excellent. That's always good. Um, a quick hello from everyone else. Hi. Hi. And um, we've got a special guest, Caspian. Hello. He'll be on a bit later. So, obviously... Big in the news, Margaret Thatcher's dead. I uh, didn't want to give her much more airtime than that, but it got us thinking about protesting, um, especially because there was a little riot in the street perpendicular to mine in Bristol. BS5, represent. Uh, yes, I learned that at school. Um, OK, so we're going to play a little song dedicated to Maggie, and then we're going to move on from her. So this so. is uh, Comeback Margaret, Camera Obscure. Um, it's tongue-in-cheek, just to preface it. So yeah, that was Camera Obscura. So as I was saying, we after we heard that protesters were going to turn their backs on Margaret Thatcher's coffin, sorry I mentioned her name again, um, it got us thinking about using your bodies for a protest. So this week our theme is body as a protest. So we're going a bit more extreme than back turning. We're thinking of topless, naked and sex strikes, hopefully. Um, so I thought I'd start with the original naked protester, or at least the first one I know about, Lady Godiva. Um, I got some great information from my friend Catherine. So... Not Catherine on the show. Yeah, that's not very me. confusing. Sorry, <laughs> not her. Um, basically, I don't know if everyone knows the story or not. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to no, assume I no. No, I don't. I, I know nothing tell you about this. Huh? I've, I've actually, I, I actually think that her name's something to do with chocolate. Yes, there is also. Cho- yeah, well, maybe. Yes, there's a chocolate brand called that. Mm. I don't know. Eat, eat when you're naked. I don't know. She was in a book I had as a child about famous myths and legends. So does that mean that she's not real? Well, good question. I'm going to try and field some of those many questions, although not Lily's question about chocolate, but just the one question then. Okay, basically, Lady Godiva begged her husband to lure the taxes of the people of Coventry, and he always refused, and he said he would only do it, he would only do it um, if she rode naked through a town on horseback, because he thought she would never do that. But she did do it, and her modesty was shielded by her long hair, and he had to honour his promise. I don't see how it's going to work in favour of the chocolate company. You get, like, fur balls while you're eating it. I don't know. Anyway, it was a story developed in the Middle Ages and it was powerful because it showed Lady Godiva putting the interest, the interest of her citizens ahead of her own reputation. So it was self-sacrifice, showed she was pure, blah, 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 and her naked body was not shameful. And I even got a little pun from my friend, which was, um, why could uh, Lady Godiva not make mulled wine? She didn't have any clothes! Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, a round of applause. Um, yeah, so that's Lady Godiva. So it's kind of interesting, I think, because like, her nudity was kind of meant to be humiliating and it was like a symbol of her dedication to the cause. So something to keep in mind for later discussions in the show. Catherine, I thought maybe you could talk to us about some more modern-day naked lady protesters. Yeah, so I suppose when we're thinking about Lady Godiva, it almost seems as if she like emphasised her innocence. Because also, wasn't there a famous peeping Tom who saw her and 
who saw her and kind of, I don't know, intruded on her, but she was like yep. a chased person. Um, that is where, yeah, Peeping Tom comes from. In yeah. Fact. Good one. In so, <laughs> so I've been looking into, well, are they feminine or female? We don't know how to say it. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest dilemma. That's on this a really big today. issue. Um, but they basically have been in the media loads because their protests are so controversial. And you might have seen a lot of stuff in the papers at the moment about um, they've been calling it a topless uh, jihad. And basically, they are really they're from the Ukraine and they've been protesting, kind of hijacking political events turning up um, in front of famously Putin recently with no tops on and they have been shouting kind of obscenities and they have things written over their chests. But I went on their website and they're all really airbrushed and blonde and gorgeous and they've got these photos um, but really violent language and they call themselves sextremists and they describe... That is good. That is a nice pun. Yeah. Good one, guys. But they also describe their protests where they turn up nude as being sex attacks and they have this really weird, <laughs> violent kind of language. Um, so, for example, I'm going to read you out a bit um, of what they've kind of... how they've described themselves. They say that feminine are the special force of feminist... Its spearhead militant unit, the modern incarnation of the fearless and free Amazon. They're calling for a sexual global revolution. Um, and they've basically said that they are this kind of military unit and they will use their bodies to wage the re- like a new war, a real war against patriarchy. I think their terms are quite vague. And also, <laughs> I didn't really agree with their witch and bitch um, headline to one of their web pages. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really see why. Like, witch and bitch just in front of a really, really hot airbrushed, per- like, very obviously and quite badly airbrushed um, girl. Yeah, and they, one of their members in Tunisia, basically on a blog post, took a photo of herself um, nude with an Arabic writing written across her chest, um, kind of um, F your morals um, and said that her body belongs to her and doesn't kind of it doesn't it shouldn't be about honor and it's you know she's been she's had to go into hiding and she's trying to escape to france so it's called this all for her but lots of muslim women have actually been writing on their kind of facebook page that they actually find feminine it's really offensive and that they're kind of um basically islamophobes and really racist so there's this whole kind of debate that's kicking off but Mm. they I don't know. It's almost like they're trying to say that their protest is really innocent and that they should celebrate their bodies, but they're doing it in a way which is really, really aggressive. I don't know if any of us would ever sort of consider supporting their movement. I personally found it quite shocking looking at their website. Well, I think they're trying to shock. Also, I think, like we discussed earlier... um that their rhetoric is quite dated. It's a kind of late 60s, early 70s feminist rhetoric. And yeah. it's kind of against not much at all. And I mean, they, well, they hate everything, right? I mean, like, I guess that so it, much. it sort of depends what you think their protests are trying to achieve. You know, on one level, they are gaining a huge amount of publicity for all of their different messages. So, you, you know, you could, you could argue that that is in and of itself a success. Sorry, a success, but I don't know that that justifies their, you know, what their their, their methods or their messages necessarily. Mixed well, messages. yeah. Well, we have our own friend who's a naked protester, female protester, that we're going to listen to an interview that I conducted earlier with, and so we can see what she has to say about all these issues and more. Okay. So, let's listen to that. What made you decide to do a naked? Usually, desperation. Um, the simple fact that if you want to get a message out there and you don't have many resources it's a way of amplifying your voice because if you get the timing right, you can get coverage just for being you. 
Were you worried about being objectified then, or were you also maybe worried about not being taken seriously? Was that ever a concern? Um, that was definitely a concern. I mean, when you use that, you know that it's a cheap ploy. Um, it's, a, it's a kid's gimmick um, to get attention, and so you always need to be really clear about why you feel it's so important to use that gimmick to get stuff out there. And obviously, there is a degree to which you know you're selling your soul um, by selling your body. But uh, by the same token, there's also um, the capacity to say, this is a normal body, I have every right to um, be in this body and not be ashamed of it, and to use it as an opportunity um, for from a wider perspective to talk about how people are objectified and how that shouldn't be the case and how we can use our bodies for something more useful than selling crap essentially. Cool okay so and what was the reaction like at the time by the public and by the police as well because there were police there as well? And on the most recent occasion when I did this um, I had quite a bit of time to talk to the police afterwards because I was arrested and I was quite surprised by how they were impressed the kind of degree of courage to be naked in public which is something that a lot of them seem to grasp and to um kind of be interested in and be intrigued by um which isn't something i've experienced another process where you're doing something more straightforwardly direct action rather than a stunt which is essentially how i've used nakedness on those couple of occasions so i guess the police kind of viewed it as you obviously really care about this because you're willing to do something that's maybe potentially embarrassing almost or very I don't know exposing I guess is the, <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> yeah totally do you think that naked protests from men or women like a men and women are perceived differently definitely there's always a background feeling from the men for the men in the group that um what they're doing is being sexually aggressive okay. um Whereas women, it's regarded as a joke, it's something that's ornamental, it's something that's titillating, which is one of the reasons I prefer doing it as a mixed group, because even if it's just kind of getting that juxtaposition in people's minds, it's a nice start. And yeah, certainly when I've been naked with blokes, they've been threatened with sort of charges that would have an impact on their future career because it's perceived as a sex crime to appear naked in public. Um, None of those charges have ever stuck yeah. in my experience but that's certainly where the police are coming from you said before that you you were arrested for, what was the charge that they were trying to claim that you what, what had you supposedly done so I, from my recollection it was public decency stuff which is the very old-fashioned laws that were used before um the sort of world naked bike ride made sort of public nudity in the uk a lot more widespread and acceptable and i was eventually arrested under a very obscure airport bylaw of being an annoyance, which is quite nice, really, to have in your town. Being <laughs> I could be arrested for that most days of the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Were you wearing shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you do look amazingly silly wearing shoes naked. Do you know, I can't remember. I know the bloke I was with was wearing shoes, and that was one of the things that added to the comedy value. Um, certainly on the first occasion, I wasn't wearing shoes. Just think, you know, if you need to make a run for it quickly, yeah. <laughs> you might want to... Yeah, where you leave your clothes is a big deal, actually. Um, and the one that she was talking about mainly, I think, was one that she'd done in an airport. And actually what she said was that normally when she's done naked protests, she's had a mask on, but she thought it would be perceived as too aggressive in that kind of setting and it might just be too disruptive. Mm. So that's something else to think about as well. So I guess a question maybe I want to ask is, would any of us ever do a naked protest? I think, I think I know already I um I like the only protest actually I've I've been to a few protests but especially like one of them I felt like I was there just because my friends were like the I think the fees protest I I genuinely wanted to be there but I was more there 
recording things. So I wasn't actually protesting. I was asking people questions. But I still got kettled for seven hours. Great, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I have no qualms with nudity necessarily, but... I'm not sure what protest I would be involved in where I think nudity would really enhance what I was doing. Well, so- I guess, yeah, we got some answers there as to why you might do a naked protest. So I don't know. But um, I think what was what she was saying as well was when I first asked her, it was about not having any resources. She kind of said, we don't have any money, we don't have anything. We really wanted to bring attention to something. And it wasn't about, like, a sexual thing or it wasn't about, you know, a protest to do with anything like that. It was just that that was a really good way of getting attention. I think we've also got a male perspective on the whole thing, if you want to. Yeah, just before we put that on, I thought it was kind of cool that uh, the police were quite admiring of her bravery. (laughs) The pause, admiring of her bravery. Well, that's that's what she said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Big boobs. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know, there's usually a lot of hostility from protesters towards police and so it's nice that she took a kind of well and vice versa right yeah of so, course yeah. yeah yeah and in fact that's a theme that crops up later it seems that nudity kind of eases the tension a little bit uh, during what can be quite tense times so that's quite an interesting little so here's our, our male perspective interview this is an interview with another friend of ours yeah. yeah just giving a male perspective and the context was a climate change uh, event the particular nakedness happened and there was the kind of battle for a, a point along the edge of the encampment and the police were kind of trying to push us back and we were trying to push forward so we thought okay what can we do to try and like shock them into just giving us a bit of a break and not hassling us with dogs and batons and all this stuff so what happened was we had lots of animal masks made and we all stripped off put on an animal mask each and we kind of led this procession up and up to this boundary point and at the front, there was a polar bear who was dressed in a wedding suit. And there was uh, Death holding a scythe and dressed in tails. And it was as if this was their kind of like wedding procession. It's a metaphor for climate change. What was the reaction then of the, of the police at the time? They all got out cameras. <laughs> they, they all filmed everything. I think a lot of them were just amused. And they were just like looking at it. Because it was peaceful, there was no threat to them. So they were just observing. Yeah. People, people did look shocked. But then, you know, there are other ones on that. And they were kind of enjoying filming it as well because I think it was such a bizarre thing. And in their minds, maybe it was going to help, you know, make the case that there are a bunch of naked loonies <laughs> occupied the field, right? Um, which, of course, we weren't. So did, I have to ask this. Did you feel a little bit self-conscious when they got their cameras out? Did you start to worry about where the images might go? Uh, my brother actually, <laughs> about a week later... <laughs> My brother called me up, or he sent me a message, and he was just like, have you been naked ever <laughs> in front of cameras? And he just recognised my my rump. <laughs> it was like, it was definitely you. And I was like, that is amazing. And I couldn't actually find the website. I don't know. Did I, did I, sorry, the question was, did I feel self-conscious? Well, we were wearing a mask, so I guess that really helped. I mean, it was a little bit, we all had to undress together first. Yeah. And, you know, there were some people there who'd done this so much before, that they kind of take the, took the lead. And then you started seeing all these different shaped bodies and, you know, like, it was suddenly just like, yeah, of course, why aren't we getting naked? This is exactly what we should be doing. It, felt, it did feel really natural. But, you know, I, I, honestly, I can't say the whole thing because I was wearing a mask, so I guess that, you know, there was still some anonymity to it. Yeah. Um, but I think I'd do it without a mask, I reckon I would. OK. OK, I, what I've taken from that is that you must have a very distinctive rump. It came up earlier in our, in our show tonight that 
for men, sometimes be- being naked is seen as something aggressive. Okay. Uh, as compared to female nudity, do you have any sense that what you did was in any way an aggressive act? I think there was a sense in which we definitely felt like we were trying to assert ourselves, but I think you can be assertive without being aggressive. And maybe it was a bit like, a, you know, like baring your teeth a little bit, because it was kind of like, it was very defiant. And you had an animal mask on. And we had animal masks on, <laughs> and we had bongos, and, you know, like, so there was definitely a bit of that. But just being naked on its own, I, I yeah, I can't, I don't think being naked is about being aggressive somehow. But that's interesting. I mean, maybe it is. Um, but I've, whenever I've been naked, I've never felt aggressive. Did you wear shoes? Did I wear shoes? Um, no, none of us wore shoes. Ah, natural with the earth at your feet. Yeah, so thanks also to Tom for that interview. Thanks for all our interviews, for the interviews. Um, he brought up some interesting points, and actually they both said some similar things, where um, with men it was perceived that they were, they were more aggressive or sexually aggressive if they were naked, um, whereas... And our first guest, she actually said, women, it was more comical. And I was quite surprised at that because I always think, like, the sight of a willy, that is comedy. <laughs> <laughs> especially if there are shoes on. Like yes, exactly, <laughs> especially with the combination of shoes. She so said it was surprised. backed up by law, though. She said it, that for men it was a criminal offence and for women it wasn't, which seems a bit crazy. I think it all has to do with um, if a penis is a rip. I think that's part of it. Really? Yeah, because that's, so. that's, that's when something's obscene Isn't on it? television. Like, you can't have an erect penis on television because that's pornographic but, and it's, like, aggressive, but you could have a, <laughs> as many flaccid ones as you want. <laughs> as many as you like. I mean, um, what I was thinking yeah. of is that just um, when they were kind of talking about having, you know, different people in protests and the idea of maybe having a protest where there's some men or no men at all I would imagine that you'd want to have an equal mix of genders especially if you're doing something like a feminist protest you... they both said that yeah. they both said that they preferred to be naked with the other sex yeah <laughs> yeah don't we all <laughs> well not all of us I guess um, <laughs> yeah I guess now we should move on to um, Lily you've got some good information for us about well using your body in a different way yeah so there are, there are a number of protests um, there are a number of movements and I learned that we're allowed to swear on radio so I'll just go through them uh, quickly there's fuck for forest which is where you they're like a, a Norwegian group where they have sex um, release porn videos and the money goes towards conservation but a lot of the conservation charities such as World Wildlife Fund won't accept money from them um, so that's that was crazy up, yeah, why won't they accept money because, from them because um, it's from the sex industry um, so that's Norwegian. That was set up in 2004. There's also Fuck for the Air Puppy Bear. Um, and Can <laughs> <laughs> you say that again? Fuck for what? The Air, like Air to the Throne, uh, Puppy Bear. Oh, oh, okay. And so that was a 2008 Russian movement against Medvedev, and he's apparently called a puppy bear in Russia. And so um, they went to a museum and had sex next to a taxidermy, like a dinner. Was this say, just like, two people? Bear. It's just um, like a couple. Did yeah, this. I guess so. Like or a group. And then there's also um, a movement called the Global Orgasm, which was set up in 2007 by an American group. And um, in order to promote world peace, everyone has to have an orgasm at the same time. <laughs> how, how are they going to set that up? Maybe if they how get, do they like, measure that? It's to do with the summer solstice, apparently. But maybe if they get everybody to watch this, like fuck for forest porno, all at the same time, all around the world, then depends how good. I mean, 
they yeah. are. Um, but there's also okay. That so that was more. Those are the more. Kind, I don't know if you'd call them jovial, but they're less serious. Um, <laughs> well, they sound fun. They sound like yeah, good, um, clean fun. But but I also looked into this sex strike thing. So that that's like a very old thing that they talk about in like Greek tragedies. Um, but it's kind of been reused in more recent times and. Um, the the there's one that you picked up, Emma, um, in Liberia, and so I actually looked into that more. So just to uh, introduce this, sex strikes is when women, groups of women, decide not to have sex um, to create um, change. Um, and in Liberia, they did that. And on the Wikipedia page for the sex strike thing, it says it had a great impact. But actually, the person who led that movement <laughs> said, um, and I quote, the sex strike lasted on and off for a few months. It had little or no practical effect, but it was oh. extremely valuable in getting us media attention. So I think it's very similar to, ah. the, to the female things, to, to any situation where you're getting naked. It's mainly for media attention rather than actual effect and it seems apart from in Colombia but I don't know enough about that um, that's what it's it's always been for media rather than actual um, speaking unless, of, oh sorry unless you're having a sex strike to reduce the world population that, yeah that would work. I guess yeah. so did you read mm. about if we're talking about what we found out on Wikipedia mm. one of the ones it mentioned was um, one in Italy where women did a sex strike over the kind of new year period I think it was like 2008 yeah against illegal fireworks yeah it was yeah, in order to make that. the men stop Playing with fireworks, yeah, and actually, social problem in Italy. Apparently, it was about that. The BBC uh, website quoted the local councillor who said that the idea of no sex is is not exactly popular. So, well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) he really pointed that one out. Um, So, I guess we've just got time now for our very special guest, Caspian, is going to read us a story that he's written about protests. I think, yep. Um, I've written a story about protests. If there is a moral to it, it's probably admin is important. (laughs) Uh, Stuart had been chained to the railings for quite some time. He didn't have a watch on, but given that the sun had sunk almost entirely below the horizon, his best estimate put it somewhere between nine and a half and ten hours. He'd received an email about the protest earlier that morning and had rushed out of his flat soon after reading it, full of the promise of another day spent challenging injustice and fighting corruption. Always a fan of punctuality, he'd been pleased to reach the site of the protest before anyone else and set about eagerly securing himself to the railings with chains and a padlock that even Houdini himself would have found troublesome. Now, Stuart was well aware that his commitment to punctuality was not universally shared, but after an hour chained to the railings and with still no sign of a fellow protester, he couldn't help mentally tutting to himself in silent disapproval of their tardiness. After two hours, the tutting had turned to audible swearing. By mid-afternoon, he was almost certain he'd misread the email. It had been very early when the message flashed up in his inbox. So early, in fact, that Stuart had read it without the clear head he normally got from his morning latte. He must have got the date wrong, he reasoned. In fact, thinking about it now, he wasn't even sure he knew what he was supposed to be protesting against. He had a vague inkling there might be something to do with cats, or tax, or a tax on cats. That didn't explain why, though, he had chained himself up outside a disused branch of Londist. He couldn't be sure of anything anymore. He made a mental note to alter his morning routine. From now on, emails would always come after coffee. He looked down at his chains. They really were very tight. There was absolutely no way he was going to get out of them without the key to the padlock. This rather made him regret the decision he'd taken earlier in the day to swallow it. What was courageous that morning, in retrospect, now seemed foolhardy. He guessed it would be another couple of hours before nature took its course. So he put his head back, cleared his mind, and wriggled slightly in order to restore the circulation to his legs. 
That was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, Caspian. Just like to point out, we were all lolling heartily, but um, with our heads away from the microphone, so as not to disturb the, the really good story. But that was really great. So thank you very much for coming in and doing yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, round of applause. Thank you, Caspian. Thanks, Caspian. Right. <laughs> great. Um, yeah, I think we've probably got time to say goodbye and then put on our last song. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, Great, so thanks everyone for listening. I don't think we covered half the stuff we wanted to cover about all the nudity and protests and naked ladies and everything that we wanted to say, but it's been a good show. And for guys. all you know, we're all naked in the studio. <laughs> we're not. Want <laughs> <laughs> to say bye, everyone? Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's bye from me. Bye from me, too. Bye from me. Brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.